Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Hungry Bleak Podcast. I am Antonio Palmares. Um, I hope you've all had a great day. Um, phenomenal week. If it wasn't good, I hope it's getting there. Hope you drank water, and I hope you're ready to have some fun today. So, you all know that obviously I do a podcast. I do a couple of them actually, but I also listen to podcasts. And not all podcasts are just somebody talking endlessly, kind of like this here. Some of them are uh, really great scripted uh, drama, comedy, sci-fi, action. There are a lot of different genres of um, of podcasts, and it's great because they're feels like you're you're listening to like um like old radio shows which i'm not old enough to have listened to radio shows but i know of them and i think it's one of the coolest things possible is to just sit there and listen to this story unfold in your ears and the voice actors and bringing it's, it's just so awesome to me so i know we usually talk about comics on here or sometimes gaming but i wanted to spread out into the geek culture a little bit more because it's a really really cool um just medium to do so much with. And I love the exploration of that. So today, <clears throat> excuse me, I am so lucky to have someone on who is a creator of one of my favorite podcasts out there right now. It's a podcast called Afflicted. And it has one of my favorite people in it as well, doing a voice. And that's how I learned about the podcast. So folks, without further ado, let's just jump into this. Please welcome Tanya ransom hello thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to be here hello thank you so very much for being here um also i absolutely love the background i love all the <laughs> books i like I, I i was looking at it and i was like i don't want to be worried about it but i love seeing all the books there it's just so cool the different yeah awesome yeah i love that uh, how are you doing today i'm doing pretty good i'm doing pretty good how about yourself i'm doing very well it's a nice kind of spring day nice not too sunny but i'm enjoying it it's not raining it's not snowing so i'm gonna take it that's cool so yeah like i'm just in awe of afflicted because it's so cool and i love it i listen to it when i'm at work and at times i've had to stop and i'm in a scene and i'm like oh what's gonna <laughs> oh i didn't think about oh that's really cool yeah so <laughs> how did you get started with um, the podcasts and, and, uh, Ransom Productions. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I wanted to start a podcast, you know, you mentioned old time radio, um, during your introduction, mm -hmm. that was my inspiration for podcasts. Um, oh. I listened before iPods were like a real thing. There was still internet radio that you could listen to like on your computer. And, I can't listen to music when I work because it distracts me. Like, I don't know why, like, that's just how my brain works. Like I need something that's not music, especially music that I know the lyrics to. I can tune out like TV shows and, you know, things like that and have pay attention to them even and kind of, you know, know what's going on. And that just seems to work better for my brain. So um, I was a web developer at the time working at a startup. So working really long hours. So I filled my time while I was working with listening to old time radio, like the whistler and suspense and, you know, shows, shows like that. And I thought, man, it would be really cool to bring back this medium. This is, you know, before podcasts um, were actually a thing. And I was like, but I'm a web developer. I don't have connections in radio. No one's going to give me money to create, you know, a radio show because there's not even, you know, radio shows now mm -hmm. um, that, you know, do fiction. 
Um, and then podcasts became a thing. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do this now. You know, there's a much lower barrier to entry. And, you know, I kept putting it off like most people do, you know, procrastinating, you know, waiting for the right time. But there is no right time. <laughs> there is just now. And so I decided to do it. And um, so I started Nightlight was my first podcast. Um, I wanted to do a full cast audio drama like Afflicted is, but those are more expensive to produce. Um, and so I knew that I wouldn't have the funds to be able to do what I actually wanted to do, which was essentially recreating an old time radio show for modern day. And so I ended up doing Nightlight where voice actors read a story to you. We put sound effects and music underneath it. So there's some sound design aspects to it to dramatize it a little bit. So it was kind of a nice in-between thing that got me into the podcast game, but I wasn't quite where I wanted to be with the full cast audio drama. And then that's where Afflicted came in. Um, and it's actually the brainchild of me and Mallory O'Meara. Um, we talked about this, oh gosh, I think it was like 2017 when we were first like, yes, let's start this, let's start the podcast, let's do this podcast. And then Mallory's writing career kind of blew up and, you know, she does the Reading Glasses podcast as well. And she's like, I don't have any time. I'm so sorry. And I was like, that's okay. And, you know, she was very generous and said, you know, just take it and run with it and, you know, do what you want with it. Um, and so that's, that's what I did. And last year, um, last summer, actually, I raised almost $20,000 to produce season one of, wow. which was great, but it was not enough money. <laughs> <laughs> Really, like to pay people what they deserve to be paid, it's still mm -hmm. enough money, but it was enough money to get us started and, you know, know where we need to allocate more funds next year. And, um, you know, hopefully teach us a lot of lessons to make season two even better when we start fundraising for that. So that, that's kind of where I am now. And I, I started Ransom Media Productions when I started Afflicted, essentially, because I was like, well, I have two podcasts now. I need something to sort of create an umbrella for mm -hmm. the those things um you know and for tax and legal purposes it just makes more sense to have an llc um so i i jumped on that last year to get that going i'm kind of in awe because you so this is like your your second podcast mm -hmm. but the way everything is formatted everything i thought you had done this before like maybe three or four of them so <laughs> you no so that's like incredible like it's phenomenal I, truthfully and I love the fact Thank that you. one of the things that drew me to <clears throat> you know, Afflicted was I would listen to Nightlight mm -hmm. I found out about Nightlight through M. Shy Dash oh yeah I love M. Yeah. Shy so I mean just because I'm a fan of her she's just awesome person dope and um, she read a story on Nightlight and then she was talking about Afflicted so yeah. I, I was like, oh, so this is already a podcast, but it hadn't started yet. So I was like, okay. And I love the fact that one of the main things that stuck in my head was you wanted to pay people for the work. Yes. And that stuck to me. And I was like, yeah, because there are a lot of things out there that are startups. And I understand, you know, sometimes you have to grind through it. And what's the term that the younger people say? Pull it out the mud. Is that, is, is that it? I don't know. I'm old. So. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Then I want to say, if, if I'm wrong, somebody tell me. <laughs> but somebody will tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely will. Especially nowadays. So, I I understand that sometimes you know when you're building something, it takes time to get to the revenue and stuff like that. And and even you saying that raising twenty thousand dollars still wasn't enough. But the fact that you still did that, just so you could say, hey, 
I want to give you this hit me also. And I, and I love that fact that you wanted to create something, but then take care of the people who are actually helping you bring it to life. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't like the idea of unpaid labor, especially unpaid skilled labor. Um, with Nightlight, we did start off with volunteer sound designers, mm -hmm. but the thing that I kind of did was say, Hey, if you want to get into sound design, I will teach you how to do it. If you do the sound design for free, essentially. So it was kind of like an internship rather than just, you know, asking for volunteer work. I wanted to pay people, but at the time, obviously Nightlight wasn't making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, and then season two, I was able to start paying the sound designer money, which was amazing. Like I was so happy to be able to do that. Um, and now all of the roles for both podcasts, whatever anyone does, whether they're cast or crew, everybody gets paid. I don't get paid as much as I would like to pay them because I need people to give me more money so that I can give other people more money, but I'm able to pay them an above average wage for the industry that we're in. It's just that the industry that we're in, the wages are low to begin with, you know, because there's a lot of people asking people to work for free, essentially. Right. Well, I think that's awesome. Now, <clears throat> Afflicted. Yes, I already know who my favorite characters are. Right. <laughs> and I then I the recent episode I listened to, I wanted to punch one of the characters in the face and then hit him with a two by four. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, why would you? And I didn't think I was gonna dislike this person that much. And in, in, in the earlier episodes, I was like, kind of swarmy. You can kind of smell the the high karate on his neck, like the, <laughs> the cologne. I can smell it. So is that so tell us about afflicted. And oh, I didn't even realize that there I don't know why I didn't realize that there was merch for afflicted because I love a good t-shirt. Yes. So, okay, that's going to yes. be my summer present yes. to myself. Thank you. You can go to merch.afflictedaudio.com to grab t-shirts, notebooks, hoodies, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Um, but to tell you a little bit about Afflicted, Afflicted is probably best described as Lovecraft Country meets True Blood. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, cosmic sort of horror type stuff going on. Honestly, like there's a little bit of the show Supernatural in there too. <laughs> you know, if we, mm -hmm. you know, use that as like a garnish. Um, and then the, you know, folklore and mythology from True Blood, not the vampire stuff, but more of like, you know, the Southern folk magic, um, specifically hoodoo. So um, it's told in the style of American Horror Story. So every season will have a different set of characters. So, you know, once oh. we wrap up this season, these characters are going to go away. Um, but we follow this demonic book through each season. So we're kind of, you know, in this season, we're exploring this fictional town of Gunaway in East Texas, where this book has decided to rear its ugly head and create some supernatural disasters, killing people. And the only people in town that can save the town are the Caldwells who are well-versed in hoodoo and they know how to fight this, this book. Um, you know, next season we will explore a different story, um, but the book will still, you know, feature obviously as the villain, so to speak. Um, mm in each season oh i love thank you for saying true blood because <laughs> i was listening to it the other day and i was like i wish this is what true blood had been um just add in lafayette yes so oh, i wish i and had <laughs> I, I, oh, so he was my favorite character in true blood 100 like he was the reason why i started watching it and I was like, yo, this is so yeah. everything else. I was like, yeah, all right, fine. But Lafayette, I mean, I, 
he beat someone up because of what they said because of the the the, the, the totally homophobic thing they said about the yeah the burger of oh, the AIDS on the burger yeah, yeah. and he's like and while having and he was bald in show correct shaved head yeah yeah I think so I mean usually had head, yeah, head covering yeah and he had the head covering and he just laid these cats out on the everything he I'm like did he, he was not, not the show <laughs> right and I realized why I couldn't love the show because of just about everyone else on the show but anyway. Yeah, he stole yeah. everything he was in. Yeah, he did. Oh, just so so heartbreaking. Just, just such a true loss, honestly. Yes, yes. Um, yes, but yeah, I definitely was feeling the um, that True Blood comparison only much better. Truthfully, <laughs> I absolutely love afflicted. Well, thank you. I, that, I mean, that's what I was going for. So I'm glad that it's being received. Yeah. And way. I love the fact that it's going to be an anthology. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Which yeah. makes me excited because I'm like, oh, because as much as I would love to stay with these characters and this era, I love the, the fact that the book is going to be the central big bad of each yeah. arc, each season and traveling yeah. through it. I love that. Will you be using the same voice acting crew or will you have different yes. people? Yeah, we, we're going to probably have a core set of people, you know, American okay. Horror Story, you know, they tend to have a core set of people and then, you know, right. various actors that they kind of add and we'll probably do the same thing. Um, you know, I actually was talking to my actors last night because we just finished our last episode table read for this season. Oh. And I was like, hey, we're going to be raising money soon. And I want, you know, some of you guys to come back. You know, there's a couple of people that, um, you know, I would love for them to come back. I just don't know exactly if their voices would fit for the season you know so like there's a, there's a set of people that i'm definitely like yes you know they're they're coming back and there's some other people i still need to like work out the details of the story that i'm going to be telling in season two to figure out which voices i need for that season and which voices i have already but yeah definitely definitely bring in the same voice actors back that's awesome i love it i yeah i <laughs> yeah just awesome um <sighs> What has been one of the more, because again, you're doing like a, in, in essence, a modern time, old time radio show. What has been one of the challenges of doing something like this? Oh man, uh, man, there's been a lot. So I have a partner in mm -hmm. Afflicted, Jen Zink. Um, she also does some of the sound design for Nightlight. She was my first sound designer mm -hmm. for Nightlight. And honestly, like Nightlight wouldn't exist if she hadn't stepped in and volunteered for that first season because I underestimated how much clicking there is when you're editing an episode and I have like a bad elbow injury and I just like, I physically cannot do that work. Um, so she's my partner <laughs> in this venture. Um, I'm sorry. I forgot the question already. What was again? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> my poor brain today is just like, Nope, we're not holding on to any information. <laughs> Look, that's the type of, day week month year it's been it's totally oh cool. yeah yeah what have been some of um oh my good now i almost forgot the question what have been <laughs> some of the challenges of, of bringing oh, oh yes that's why i was talking about Jen. yeah you know one of the things was you know my elbow you know preventing me from being able to physically do um some of the work so there's no way that i could have started afflicted if mm -hmm. I didn't have, you know, a sound designer, you know, the other thing is like, this is also Jen's first full cast audio drama. So we were both learning how to, uh -huh. you know, essentially be, you know, directors of a, a full cast, you know, instead of just a single narrator, mm -hmm. how to do the sound design for something that is a full cast, you know, like if people are in say like an opera hall versus outside, their voices are going to sound different. And, you know, so on her part, it's figuring out how those voices should sound. So it sounds true to the space. 
that they're in. Um, but, you know, also like, of course, you know, when you have a cast as large as we have, there's inevitably, you know, people traveling and, you know, people get sick and, you know, we just, we did not give ourselves enough time in this production schedule for that kind of thing. So there's been gaps in, um, the release of episodes just because either we couldn't record it because somebody was sick or somebody was traveling and we, you know, we, we just weren't able to do it. So, you know, that's been a big challenge is just getting that schedule down. And, you know, now we have a better sense of how we need to set up that schedule and make sure that we give ourselves plenty of lead time for, you know, people being out sick, people, you know, having unexpected things occur, um, people traveling to conferences, you know, whatnot. Um, but yeah, that, that's, I think that's probably just, it's just been a big learning curve. You know, I thought that I knew more about producing and directing a full cast audio drama after, you know, working on Nightlight for, mm -hmm. I think it was three years at that point that Nightlight had been in, ex in existence when I started Afflicted, but like, it's a whole different, whole different ball game and learning how to cast, learning how to direct actors, all of that was all just, you know, fairly new to me. And working with such talented voice actors, you know, like not not that the voice actors for Nightlight aren't great, like they are. I mean, some of them are on Afflicted as well. It's not that they aren't great. It's just a different skill set to fully act versus reading a story and just sort of, you know, acting out some of the language in the story and being able to direct like these really talented people was, you know, really difficult for me at first because I, I'm not really an actor. Like I do a lot of narration work. I do some voice acting work, but I'm by no means a professional voice actor. And so I kind of had to learn how voice actors work, how they think, how they approach characters and things like that so that I could give them the information they needed to give me a good performance. I, what you're saying as far as like being it different yeah they're, they're, i would say like i said there's a huge difference between you just reading a story itself and you actually mm -hmm. acting you like you know essentially becoming this character yeah. and you know if that person might need an accent or because i've heard like the cast like i, I obviously act in the mm -hmm. in um afflicted but then i've also heard them say their names like at the end when everyone's when when there's like yeah. the cast and i'm like wait that's the voice that's the same person like, yeah and i'm like Oh, okay. So yeah, it's yeah. different, and everything is 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 a learning curve. I feel these days, especially when you you said the perfect thing, and and that's when I was like, yes, there's never a right time. No, <laughs> never be. You can say, oh, well, you know, when it's right. I'm like, yeah, all right, <laughs> fine. You you tell me when that's going to be because right. it's never going to be a right time. Exactly. And the right time is when it's not the wrong time. Exactly. And even then, sometimes you're like, look, <laughs> right. sometimes you got to do what you got to do. This is yeah. it. And I feel like that's especially in creative spaces. There's never going to be a right time, I feel, to do that thing. You have mm -hmm. to sometimes make that the right time. Yes. Yeah. And you never know, like you, you put that out there and someone will read it, someone will listen to it, someone will look at the art, whatever it is. And they'll say, yeah, that's the right time because you hit that person. And they yeah. needed that little bit of escape or that game or that book or yeah. what have you. So, so that's a perfect, I feel like that's the perfect mm -hmm. thing to say to any creative ever. What's the biggest advice that you can say? There's never going to be a right time. Do it now. Just do, do it, it tomorrow. Do it. Yep. If you've raised the money for whatever project you're trying to do, do it. If you finally have at least three of your 
eggs in a basket out of the, out of five <laughs> right yeah then you're good you're good exactly because that's still more than what you thought yeah, you were gonna have start with what you got because you're not gonna have everything you need to start with because you don't know everything you need when you first start so you, you've got to start at some point just so you know like what the lay of the land is and you can figure out okay here's where i need to improve oh and this stuff doesn't matter yeah. And, and, and like you said, you'll learn along the way. You'll go, okay, that didn't work. This didn't work. Mm -hmm. This is good. This is, this is good. Yes. And then it just kind of becomes like, oh, okay. it almost becomes like something that you become more relaxed. And yes. the more you're relaxed, the more you're feeling it, the more you have fun. And it just begins to flow. I learned that myself doing this by myself. Yes. And I was like, I don't know what I'm, well, let's hit the button. Okay, let's go. <laughs> let's yeah, yeah, it's all experimentation, you know, because I mean, you can't yeah. like go to college, for instance, and get a degree in podcasting, you know, I, the mm -hmm. programs are starting to pop up, you know, like continuing education, you know, certificate type right. programs to teach you, you know, how to use like Adobe Audition and, you know, things like that. But there's not really like one single location where you can just learn how to podcast properly. And mm -hmm. honestly, like, I don't think anyone knows how to podcast properly because the industry is still just changing so much. And, you know, there's so many innovations and then, you know, you've got these people with, you know, big fat checkbooks coming in that are kind mm. of changing the game versus, you know, small indie people like, like you and me, um, you know, so it's just, it's a hard industry to pin down because it's so new right now. Yeah. And there's so many different ways to do it. Everyone's got their own style, their own affliction, their own topics, their own um, shtick, their own, run, what have you. Like yes. I've, I've tried, I, when I first started, I was with a group of people and I was part of a show and I learned a lot from doing it. I learned a lot of the wrong way to do things. Yes. <laughs> and I learned the right way. And then I learned new ways that some of them, I did them right. Some of them, I did them wrong. It just depended. So yeah, it's, right. it's a hard thing to nail down. Yes. 100%. Afflicted. I know this is probably going to be a tough question for you. All right. Give me two of your favorite characters. Oh, that's actually not that difficult at all. Oh, okay. um, I would say Kelly is my favorite character. Um, Kelly is sort of this amalgamation of... Um, so there used to be this, this guy that lived in Austin. He was an unhoused person. Um, and he was queer. And he would, like, roller skate downtown wearing, like, string bikinis <laughs> on. Like, his name was Leslie. Everybody loved Leslie. Um, just, you know, beautiful soul, but, you know, super strange, you know, when you look at societal standards. So um, Kelly is loosely modeled on Leslie. Mm -hmm. um, but then also, you know, in a lot of ways modeled after me, um, you know, someone that struggles with mental illness, you know, in, in Kelly's case, it's not necessarily real mental illness. It's that people perceive that Kelly has mental illness because Kelly hears these voices, but they are actually real to him um you know he has this connection with the divine and you know that's something that i strive for in my own life is connecting with the divine and the universe and just being interconnected with everything so you know i would say that's one of the reason that one of the reasons that kelly is one of my favorite characters but also cast mentor the actor who plays kelly really took what I wrote and built on that and made Kelly even better than I had imagined in the beginning. So Cass is a huge part of why I really love Kelly as well. Um, I'd say my second favorite character is probably Mama Cherry. Um, <laughs> uh, she's modeled after my real aunt who passed away, I guess, 15 years ago. 
um, mm. last February. Her name was Cherry. And, you know, very, very sassy, very protective of the people that she loved. Um, you know, very much, uh, I don't take anything from anybody <laughs> kind of attitude. And also a, another aunt that passed away, um, a great aunt. Um, her name was Ethel, and she was one of the first Black nurses to graduate. Uh, I think it was Berkeley in California. She graduated from Berkeley in California. She was one of the first Black women to uh, do that and become a nurse. And then when she retired, she started her own floral shop. And I would go visit her in California sometimes during the summer. And she would teach me all kinds of crafty things, you know, like how to make bows, how to do floral arrangements, you know, things that she loved to do um, in the floral shop and then just outside of that. So, you know, my love of crafting kind of came from my Aunt Ethel. Um, so I kind of combined my Aunt Ethel and my Aunt Cherry into the character of Mama Cherry. So it's a, they're very close to my heart. And for that reason, you know, I, definitely, definitely a favorite because I, you know, I get to almost reconnect with these people that I've lost in writing these characters. That's really cool. Yeah. Kelly is the most recent episode. I won't spoil it, but the most recent episode, <laughs> I was so protective of Kelly and I was like, why would you lie? Why would you, I was like, oh, why, why are you trying to hurt Kelly? And I, I, I was out for a walk and I was, I, I was drinking something I think at the time and I had to stop drinking. I was like, why would you lie? Why would you lie like that? And I, I was so <laughs> Kelly. So yes, I totally. And yeah, I, I, I think every town has a Kelly, has a Leslie. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. every town has that one person. If yes. you don't know who that person is, you might be that person. <laughs> right. Maybe not to the, not to that level, but right. you might be that person. And that's yeah. a cool thing because every yeah, town needs a thing. Leslie slash yes. uh, Kelly. Every town um, needs that lovable weirdo who has a yeah. heart of gold and just refuses to participate in these structures that society has built that we're supposed to stay boxed into. Yeah, because it's not it's that's not their thing. That's just not their no. thing. And they, um, yeah, they just nope. Like Kelly, like refuses to participate in capitalism. You know, like mm -hmm. nope. I'm just gonna you know you know like you watch these shows on TV where people you know dumpster dive and you know all these things you know find play you know squatted houses so that essentially they don't have to participate in capitalism and and that's who Kelly is is you know very committed to his morals and principles and you know just kind of wants to detach from all societal expectations and just be himself. Yes. And Mama Cherry, absolutely yes. Every time I hear Mama Cherry say bitters, <laughs> like, I, I giggle a little bit because because the word hits so much. Um, and that's definitely a, a credit to, uh, to M. Shias Dash, who, yes. who voices Mama Cherry. Uh, and um, she has the perfect voice for Mama Cherry. Yes! Like, I knew as soon as we were going to do this that I was going to ask her to audition for that role because just like her voice is perfect. She has that that auntie voice. Yes. <laughs> it's like no. It's like no, no. Right. Like that right. auntie voice, but that cool, you know, like that 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 cool bougie auntie that comes into town for whatever family event, might have kids, might not have kids, does their thing, and that's like, yeah, I'm not doing this. And leaves does that <laughs> right. does, again someone who does not fit into that that box that you want right. to fit into. They're like, yeah, yeah no. Life's I'm too yeah. short, I'm gonna do what I want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just and when everybody else is acting a fool, they're like, why is everybody doing such dumb? I don't understand why. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't right. make any sense. 
So yes, I my personally, um, Mama Chara, yes, but also um, August. Yes, yes. Uh, it's just uh, yeah, I. August hits me like I feel like I can hear the weight in August's voice and yes. the dial. I feel there's such a weight and heaviness to it, and I think that hits me a little bit. I'm like. Damn, like I, I, I want to take him to like a ball game or like something, <laughs> like take bowling, something just go. I want you to smile, damn it. I want you to have a good yes. day today, August, please. Yes. Yeah, oh, I so, love August. And August yeah. is actually um, it's loosely modeled after Mallory's grandfather and named after Mallory's grandfather, who she loves very much. Oh. So that's kind of how we came up with that character. Um, you know, I ended up making him black in the mm. series because it made more sense for him to be black you know it made more sense for him to be part of um the caldwell family and but christian young plays august and christian is an amazing actor like you look at his picture you would never guess that that is the sound that comes out of his mouth <laughs> you know <laughs> like i mean just amazing and such a professional to work with you know just always always on his game just i love working with christian so much it's yeah the, the cast is i mean like i said those are my two favorite characters but the cast does such an incredible job and like i said when i would hear them actually when there was the um uh the cast at the end and they're each saying their name and who they played and i was dumbfounded i was like i had to rewind to make sure i heard properly like, that's, right, like, hold <laughs> that's not and it felt like it was a soap opera like 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 when they change actors and they go now playing the role of this character is different. I'm like, was that yeah. the same actor? This <laughs> right. changed her, right? Oh yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Amanda is great. Amanda plays Becky. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she's great at kind of being this malicious, malevolent valley girl who's possessed by, you know, a demon. But it's funny when we do table reads, sometimes like she'll speak in different accents and she does this amazing British accent. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay. You know, I want a I want a British character next season just so I can yes. cast Amanda because they're great. I, I love that you're making notes like, okay, so 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 you can do that. Okay. Just gonna make a little yeah, note here. Yeah. I'm gonna oh, I cannot wait. Season. I hope we get funded so that you can hear Amanda's British accent because it is it is on point. Amanda is an they have such range, just huge yeah. range as an actor. I, I absolutely love it. this is the type of thing where, because I, I started realizing that I, I don't just have comfort shows and comfort movies. I have comfort comics. I have like like things that like, like comfort like that. And I've started realizing this is going to be like a comfort listen for me. So yeah. after I'm done with this season, you know, and time goes by and I'm like, you know what? And I'll go back and listen to it again because it's it just yeah. has that feel. And I, I love that feel. Thank you so much for saying that. All, That's... I, I mean... <laughs> That's honestly like my biggest goal as a writer is to put things out there that people want to consume again and again and again to, you know, explore some of the intricacies in it, you know, and as, you know, comforting thing because, you know, they've already, they already know what's going to happen. And so now it's just, oh, I can just listen to this and enjoy it and, you know, dissect it or, you know, whatever, whatever people want to do. But yes, that that's my biggest goal as a writer is to give people things that they can rewatch, re-listen reread and have a better experience every time yeah well it you, you you've definitely done that with these characters and with the story and i love the fact that you want to do an anthology and more and the central i i love that that detail of having that be the big bad 
of each season and seeing again how they interact and how this new group of of, of characters will deal with it. Will it go yeah. as well as it did in this season? Will it go yeah. will it go worse? We I don't know. know. Yeah. So I'm very excited for it. And like I said, this is I listen to I think there are maybe there's Afflicted, which is audio drama. I listen to Impact, which is audio Impact Winter, excuse me, which is audio drama and Midnight Burger. Those are the three. And they're all so different. <laughs> they're not in any yeah. type of group. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And it just feels, I think out of all of them, the all 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 on code be written and done, but this I feel like is gonna be a comfort for me. And I love that. So thank you to you, the cast. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> everyone involved in it is just so awesome for it. But as a creator, as a um, human being, um, as a woman. <laughs> In this world, one of the most important things is that we take care of ourselves, not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally. And that's something that I always pay attention to when doing any episode, especially with with interviews, because I'm always curious what people do. Yeah. What is a self-care tip that you do that helps you to maintain your emotional and mental health and that helps to keep you grounded? I'm going to be honest, like I'm still trying to find that That's thing. Awesome. Um, I, you know, I used to have that thing. So I got diagnosed with PTSD after my dad's death in 2009. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't actually get diagnosed for two or three years after that. Like, I just thought it was like, this is how you grieve a parent and it sucks, <laughs> you know, but it was actually more um, than that, you know, got help, got better and then went through a really bad divorce and got complex PTSD from mm. that. Um, and I've only been divorced for about three years now. So I'm, you know, still like trying to fix my brain back, you know, to where it doesn't see negativity in things and, and things like that. So right now, the things that I do for myself is I have my Instagram feed curated to be like my favorite people who are, you know, positive, you know, that, you know, cause you have some friends that, you know, they tend to just, when they post on social media, it's negative stuff. And then you have the people that, you know, post memes and happy things. And so my, my, my Instagram feed is curated for happy news, like upworthy and good news. And like, you know, we rate dogs, you know, like fun stuff like that. And then my <laughs> friends who, you know, post a lot of positive things like that is my safe place online mm. where I can go and know that I'm not going to encounter anything that's going to destroy my mood or, you know, get, you know, get in there and start nagging at me and making me worry about, you know, all the crap that's going on in the world right now. Um, so that's a big thing um, that I do. I have started meditating every day. And honestly, mm -hmm. that has probably been the biggest thing that's helped me like intercept those harmful thought patterns and say, Oop, nope, nope, we're not gonna think this and gently correct myself into going the other direction. It just helps me be more present and focused in the moment. Whereas before it was very much, you know, like I'm thinking about everything, but what I'm doing right now, you know, like my mind was all over the place and it's really helped me focus a lot, um, which is astounding because I also have ADHD. So, um, you know, so focusing for me is, is really difficult and the PTSD makes it harder. Like I've had it all my life, but I didn't, I, you know, I was able to manage it pretty well until I got the PTSD. And then that just like, it just, you know, they snowball and just make each other worse. So yeah, meditation, happy stuff on social media. Um, you know, I do a lot of things to try to connect with the divine 
um, you know, the energy of the earth, the world, you know, whatever, whatever people, you know, God, whatever people want to call it. Um, you know, so just spending some time out in nature, looking up at the sky, you know, and just listening and, you know, being present and doing nothing. I would say that those are my biggest things. I should exercise, but I'm terrible at making myself do that. I'm working on it. <laughs> I know that it would be super helpful. Um, like I know that I need to, um, it's just a matter of making myself do it at this point and I'll get there. It's just, you know, one of those things where everybody struggles with getting started, you know, at some point, especially something that they don't necessarily want to do. So I'll get there. Those are all great things. And thank you for being so open and honest and transparent about, about that. I, I feel it's so important because like on, on social media, we do see a lot of the shine of a thing but we never see like what it started out as or yes. what happened after just wear and tear of life. Yes. We just see, Oh yeah, I made it. Yeah. This is, it. we don't mm -hmm. see the person sweating in a, over like a crying themselves over. to sleep, you know, exactly. for whatever reason that they have going on. And I think the pandemic has made it hard on everybody. Like yeah. I don't think anybody's having like, a. I think there are very few people whose mental health is still intact mm -hmm. after this pandemic. It's just a matter of, how bad is it? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think, yeah, the pandemic was as horrible as, as it was, or still is, question mark. <laughs> right. not, not really sure where we're at right now. But, I don't know either. <laughs> but we're outside, outside. So I'm going to take that as a win. Yes. Yes. Again, parentheses, question mark. Not right. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the pandemic opened up a lot of people's eyes to mental health. And mm -hmm. because you were inside with your own thoughts yes and you didn't have like everybody to interact or maybe mask it so off yes so well isolated so and disconnected yeah so you found out about yourself and some people also found out about partners as well mm -hmm. and you found that out and uh, yeah so it, it did open up so i think more people are talking about meditation and therapy and yes finding out ways. So that was something that I really wanted to hit upon because it's very important. And I want people to see that even if it's someone who you're a huge fan of, uh, you're like, oh man, I love that person's work. I'm a huge fan. Oh man, they're always great. So happy. There are days when they're not happy. There are days when they, they're looking at the work and they crumple it up. Oh yeah, and that was a me. Huge pile behind them. I mean, not not everybody uses notepad. Yeah, metaphorically, I, 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 yes. I yeah, have you know, like, a like huge pile a of discarded stuff behind me. Yeah, I hate everything I write the first time, but the worse my mental health is, the more that I hate it. Like I just can't see the good in it mm -hmm. when you know I'm in that that headspace. You know, after I've been triggered or something, and you know, it makes it really hard for me to be. I mean, it's hard enough to be objective about your work as a creator to begin with, but then, mm -hmm. you know, you also have this other layer of everything is, you know, tinted negatively. And so you just think, you look at what you write and you're like, oh, this is terrible. You know, nobody's going to enjoy this, you know, like, cause I just wrote the season finale um, for Afflicted, which, you know, lesson learned, write the whole season ahead of time <laughs> instead of writing as I'm going along. Like, I'm glad that we did it this way. Cause we ended up having to like, write out and adjust certain characters because one of our characters lost her voice for like an entire month and a half. Oh, wow. And so if I'd had everything written ahead of time, I would have, I would have had to rewrite those episodes. So, you know, so it, it was, it worked out the way that it should have for this season. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, next time I want to have everything together, you know, before we start production and just, you know, get all of the recording done, you know, in the, sp the span of, you know, a month or two. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, you know, like I said, I just finished the last episode of the season finale of Afflicted. And, you know, I was, I was 
triggered a few weeks ago and I stay in that state for a few weeks. And so I wrote this episode while I was in like a really dark place. Um, and I don't like it. <laughs> I'm told that other people love it. You know, like we had the table read last night and, you know, all the actors were like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, I love how you wrap this up and blah, blah, blah. You know, so like, I know it's my brain lying to me, but like, I'm terrified to release that episode because, you know, it's the season finale. It's supposed to, you know, be a banger and I wasn't at hundred percent. So even if it is good, I know that it could have been better. And like, that's something that I just, I have to give myself grace on. I, I did good work. I'm not able to recognize that I did good work just yet. It's not as good as I wanted it to be, but it's done and it's going to be out there and it's going to be okay. You know, I don't, I don't think it's so bad that people would be like, eh, nope, I'm not giving you any money for season two. You know, like yeah. even, even though I don't like it, I know that it's not that bad where people are just going to be like, I'm done. You know, I'm not listening yeah. to this anymore. You nah, know, it's, it's, they're taking off the earbuds. Yeah. Like, right. I know it's not Ugh. that bad, but you right. know, you know, when it's, when it's your baby, you're like, oh my God, you know, people are going to hate it. They're going to leave terrible reviews and, <laughs> you know, things like that. I've learned, well, first of all, the social media thing is very important because I think, as I've said numerous times on this show, I don't like social media. If it was a shack, I would have burned it down already. I Amen. just and salted the earth. Enjoy, yeah, <laughs> I truly, just because there are things on there that I've, I started realizing at, at, at the beginning of this year that trigger me. They trigger yes. my insecurities. They trigger what I don't like about myself. And yes. I started comparing myself to people that I shouldn't. And I'm like, yes. I don't know that person's journey. They're different than whatever. Right. So I started to, as much as I want these people to succeed, I started unfollowing them. Yeah. Like I'll still be friends with them on Facebook or what have you, but I unfollow. I don't see anything that they're going on. Yeah. I yeah. want them to succeed. I want them to prosper. I want them to do incredible things, but I don't need to, because it, it wasn't doing me any favor. And me doing yes. that is never about the other person negatively right. at all. It's about me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I have a lot of people that. muted on Facebook, you know, yeah. the, you know, people that complain a lot, like I love them. I want to be supportive of them and I want to help them, but I'm often not healthy enough yeah. to be that person for them. And, you know, them doing what they need to do, you know, to get whatever, you know, venting, but whatever reason they're posting that stuff on social media, you know, obviously they're doing it because they believe it's going to help them, it's hurting me. So I just mute them and, you know, I keep moving. Like I still consider them friends. I still love them, but I can't, I can't have them be, have access to me yes. in that way. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Because it's about you protecting yourself. It's not about hurting yes. them or no. not liking them. It's about you protecting you. You can do both. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You can do both. I yeah. can love you from over here, <laughs> you know. Exactly. I can love what you're doing and you as a person, everything that you're going out, but that particular portion is not for me. So right. I'm not going to take it. That's fine. So we're talking about uh, uh, self-care and everything like that. So I changed this a little bit. Normally on the show, uh, because I this is more usually comic book, more oriented. So I ask people, what are three comic books that you like? I said for you. Look, it could be a comic book, it could be a television show, it could be a podcast, whatever. What are three things that you would recommend to someone? Well, I got you. I got a comic book, I got a okay. TV show, and um, I have uh, an actual book. <laughs> um, wow. Okay, so the the graphic novel, like, mm -hmm. I debated on whether or not I wanted to choose this, but it's Death Note. <laughs> like, Death Note is just like, I oh. love Death Note. Death Note is what got me in to you know i like i i didn't grow up reading comics like i you know i always read books like you know christopher pike rl stein and you know as i got older you know branching out into 
other authors. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, it, it did not, I guess, occur to me that graphic novels would be a medium that I would want to read in, you know, because hmm. I thought it was all like superhero tales, which like, I don't really have anything against superhero tales, but I prefer horror, supernatural type stuff, you know, things like that. And I, I didn't think that existed in the comic book world. And it turns out that it does. Um, and Death Note was my entrance into that. And it led me to, you know, so many more amazing work. So I'm going with Death Note just because of how much it means to me. Awesome. Even though it's super obvious. Um, <laughs> as far as TV shows, The Haunting of Hill House um, by Mike Flanagan. Just so good like that. You know, you talk about watching stuff over and over again. It's like a comfort thing. Yes. That's my comfort thing along with the Twilight Zone. You know, both of those are my, like, I'm sick. I don't feel well. I'm in, you know, in, you know, depressive state, whatever, you know, whatever is going on. That's what I put on to, you know, kind of help lift my spirits. And, you know, I think it also makes me a better writer because, you know, the more I watch it, the more I see some of the things that Mike does in his work. And he's just an amazing writer, an amazing director. And, you know, every time you watch his stuff, you get something else out of it as a storyteller, if you're looking at it through that lens. Um, so definitely that one. And then finally, I read this book called This Thing Between Us by Gus Moreno mm -hmm. last year. And like, it's such a good book. Um, it's it deals with themes of grief, which is, you know, something that I've dealt with a lot in my life, especially recently. And, you know, the, that, the, that book spoke to me um, in a lot of ways and, you know, sort of validated some of the things that I was struggling with. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was just also a really compelling story. Like it's been really hard for me to read full length work um, <laughs> these last couple of years. Um, you know, it, it takes me a lot longer to get through books than it used to. Like I used to, you know, have a big book and I'd get through it in a day two max, you know, mm -hmm. um, but now it takes me a couple of weeks, but I, I went through that one in like three or four days. And that's the first time that I've like blown through, you know, a regular size novel that quickly. Wow. It was just so compelling and spoke to me in so many ways. Well, you not only understood the assignment, you surpassed <laughs> it. Uh, because you, you, I'm an overachiever. Just, I mean, well, you de <laughs> definitely did. I mean, you're getting like three gold stars. Like, you definitely were just like, okay, Death Note. I love the fact that the people I've had on recently who I've asked, they haven't just said like, rec like comics themselves, but they have gone with manga, which are yes. just Japanese comics. Yeah. So I love that that's becoming a thing and the thought yes. process of it is. And I haven't read Death Note, but I watched the entire anime. Yes. And I watched the live action movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember watching Death Note. Um, I lived in Illinois at the time. And it was coming on um, Adult Swim. And I was like, oh, well, you know, let me check this out. And it wasn't like, you know, the five episode powering up of a character and trying to, you know, it, yeah. it wasn't that. And I was watching, and I was like, this is so different and so wild. And mm -hmm. I was just so, and um, my partner at the time was like, what is this? And I was like, Death Note. She really wasn't into anime or anime. She wasn't yeah. into, we, she wasn't into geek at all. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So it, but it was, yeah. Well, it's not, well, we're not together anymore. So, you know, <laughs> right. there, there are numerous other reasons. That was the least of our worries. But she was like, what's that? And I was like, yeah, it's, I've just started watching it, but it's, it's a notebook that he got from a, a demon and, and just describing a tale and just the thought process and how it was the mind games and little loopholes, everything. So awesome. So yes. yes. Um, Hill House, I guess. Yes. 
Yes, I that's a re that's something that I want to rewatch. I think this fall, I, I started oh, yeah. gearing up for our for quote unquote scary season in summertime. I started yes. watching horror, start anything, whatever. I have like a some horror comics too that I love reading. Um, because Joe Hill had like a whole line with DC, mm-hmm. the yeah. Hill House stuff, which I want to go through and read. But yeah, it was just so good and how it was and how. <laughs> The, I love the fact that the ghosts didn't do anything. They were just, it was like the family right. was turning themselves, but they're like, aren't we supposed to be haunting them? I don't, did, did we do any of this? Right. No, <laughs> right. this was right? yeah. So well done, so well acted, so just incredible. Um, even, um, uh, what was uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor? Was that the second one? Yes, yeah, yeah, that was the second one. That was great yeah, too, was a great love too. story, but this yeah. one, A Hill House yeah, is Hill just House so... Was, yeah. And how they say there's a ghost in every scene. Literally, if, if you look, yeah. there's a ghost every oh, yeah. scene. And I was like, really? And as I realized, I was like, yeah, they're just standing. They're just like, yeah, they're everywhere. I had COVID like last August, and you know, so like, yeah, I was laying in bed doing nothing, and right. so I watched Hill House, and like, I decided I was gonna watch for the ghosts in every scene. And yeah, they're everywhere. And it's amazing how you don't notice them. Yeah, you know, most of them. The first watch because you're so focused on the family, and then mm-hmm. like I said, like on episode like four, so I was like. Wait, the ghosts haven't done anything. Like the family's the one that's doing all the damage. Yeah. And then yeah. you realize it's about grief and the and, and and the stages of grief and everything and how each child and every and everybody's little think pieces and stuff like that. And I was like, this is incredible. Holy it's cow. An amazing character study with yeah. you know horror as the backdrop for it. You know, yeah, I mean, just yeah, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> he's my favorite director, hundred percent. I watch everything that he puts out like as soon as I possibly can yeah and i love how everything's um linked in so much oh, before yeah, you see a like a book here yeah. there's a yeah the whole <clears throat> thing i think that's awesome it's great and the book that you mentioned was the thing between us this thing between us yes. this thing between us i want to check that out i, I want to look that up because i love something that makes me think or is going to open my mind up in a different way and yeah. to maybe help me heal from something that i'm not completely yeah. prepared to admit to myself yes yeah that's what it was for me for sure yeah which is awesome so the last thing folks it's in the title i say this to you every episode (laughs) the hungry is in the title i don't understand this so give me a restaurant that you absolutely love and a dish from that restaurant okay so there's this place called mutons that is northwest of austin and they serve cajun food and my favorite dish from there, my favorite dish period is shrimp and grits, but it's their shrimp and grits that is like top tier, my favorite shrimp and grits anywhere. Just super, super good. Okay. 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 I'm, I'm always, I think at one point, because I'm heavily influenced by Food Network, as I've said before, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm recording these and the TV is on silent, but there's Food Network is always on. In the background, yeah. because it's like it's either that or my local news. It just it, it, it's a, it's a comforting thing. It feels great, you yeah. know. Um, so one of my favorite shows is uh, Triple D Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. Yeah. So I love the idea of having this bucket list roadmap oh, of yeah. places I'd love to go and eat. So I think when I ask people that, I'm like, yeah, that's oh, it's great. Great. And I'm like, okay, I got to remember that place because if some way, shape or form I'm in that area, I need to hit that spot. I might not eat what that person recommended because I might not like that particular what in there, but I definitely want to eat in that place. So, yes, thank you for 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 hipping us on that. I love little hole in place wall, little little, um, hole in the wall places. They give the best stuff, the best food. 
chains can be nice. Not nothing against yeah. chains. There are a couple of chains I actually do love, but there's something about a place that nobody yeah. knew on the map, but places yeah. got the you, you walk in and you automatically know, oh, I'm gonna just yeah, this, this, right. this meal's going to And you're supporting me. local business owners, which is exactly. also great. I, and and I love that. I love them knowing, hey, somebody's talking about us somewhere that we didn't know about. Yeah. And that's why somebody came in or what have you. I think that's the most awesome thing possible. Yes, so, for sure. Tanya, thank you so very much for spending this time and just being so free and open and transparent and just giving. This, this, is, this is way more than what I expected. And I totally oh. appreciate that. Truly, thank you. Well, you're a great interviewer. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Made um, it easy. Folks, Nightlight. Okay, you are going to hear just incredible voices. Some of the voices that you'll hear on Afflicted reading just some of the best hearts. Like there, there was one I read when I was I was walking at um, at 2 a.m. in the morning. Oh, and, no, no. <laughs> and there was a story. It was, I can't remember the name of the story, but it was a man and his white friend. And the white friend became, it felt like he was becoming possessed by racism. Oh, yeah. Uh, wet pain. It was in two parts. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And I was yes, reading by, it. Uh, Terrence, Terrence Taylor, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I was listening to it and I was like, and I had to turn around and look around. I was like, this is a little darker. Rob. Like, <laughs> and it was terrifying. Because, get out. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Because it was yeah. like, it was terrifying. And I was like, oh, well, and I could feel it and everything. And the switch that happened, you think someone is there and then they just go, the minute he was going, boy, I was like, uh, like my ears, like I, I got tense. <laughs> I was like, you're calling him a 45 year old. The hell? Right. It, it yeah. felt so folks nightlight you're going to get these incredible stories read by amazing people the stories are great i just yeah they're awesome and they're going to hit you to something that maybe you haven't read you go check out and read that book and then we have afflicted which is an incredible audio drama a horror in the vein of true blood times five <laughs> better and like you said which i love the way you say the supernatural for for garnish it's incredible and yeah please fund because we need these seasons this is one of those things that this is one of those projects where you go yeah we all say oh we need this we need this we need this this is one of the things you say that we need yeah so go listen leave it doesn't a review. happen if we don't help so exactly yeah. it doesn't happen if you don't help if you don't have the funds i totally understand that but like subscribe like all the stuff you're supposed to do for social media and everything yes. stop thinking about the negative stuff and putting out the news of people who are doing horrible things and giving them that attention yeah and go and support something, something positive yeah. yeah because the work is incredible it's fun it's uh yeah, and it will totally whatever's going on in your day you'll get lost in like that episode next thing you know you'll be on episode five i promise <laughs> you i promise i was at work and i was like i got so into it i had to look at the watch and go oh damn <laughs> like I really was just that into it because it was so good and it felt great and the voice acting was such on point truly so go and take this out as always folks um, in the episode description I will have the links so you will be able to check out Nightlight you will be able to check out Afflicted you will see the merch which I need to go check out as well <laughs> and you will also uh, be able to see the information for the, what was the name of the restaurant again uh, Mutons for Mutons I'll have all that in there folks <sighs> Folks, this has been Tanya Ransom. Thank you so very much. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. I had a lot of fun. And that's always the intention, folks, is for everyone to have a good time. You learn something. We have a great conversation. And that's it. So as always, folks, look, 
have a great day. Drink your water. Uh, take your vitamins. Take your medicine. Your meds, whether it's for physical, mental, or emotional uh, ailment. That's not me policing you. I just want you to be mm -hmm. the best you that you can be always. Okay? And... At the end of the day, you do the best you can with what you got, because in the end, that's all that you get. And as you know, it takes a few seconds for this to, to die out. So as I hit the button, I will give you some shoulder shake. I'll give you a little bit of that Harlem shuffle shoulder shake. <laughs> I got bursitis in my left hip type of move. And that's it. Have a good one. Enjoy the day, folks. I'll see you later. Peace. Oh, got hit the button twice. I always forget.